little touch pass there. Benson waiting, cuts in, he scores! Oh my! Into the middle, holding, back, Toporowski shooting, shot block, got it back, shot, score! Center of pass forward, of stop, shot, back to play, score! In front, Groove scores! Jaden Groove scores the triple overtime winner. Welcome into WHL Unfiltered. Uh, pleased to be joined by Paige Bednors from uh, Kelowna, British Columbia, who's the uh, Director of Social Media and Communications for the Kelowna Rockets. Also joined uh, in Swift Current by Sean Mullen. Uh, how's how's everything treating you up there in Kelowna? Great, I can't complain. It's uh, the weather's been fantastic. It just recently started feeling like fallout here. You know, we're it's it's fun to have you on the show. We haven't haven't uh, been graced with your your presence before. Um, let's let's get to know you a little bit for for the listeners. Uh, how long have you been working for the Rockets? Uh, so officially in this role, I've been with the Rockets for, this will be my fifth season. Uh, and then previously, uh, a season before that, I interned for just a month with the Rockets under this role. So, yeah, pushing, pushing five, six seasons here. That's, that's, uh, that's a long time in the, in, in juniors. That's, that's a whole cycle. It is, it truly is. And you had a pretty unique, um, college experience the way uh with the, the scholarship you had right i imagine a lot of people would, would would kill to have that uh that opportunity uh yeah so i uh i was a, a highly competitive golfer um i'm originally from edmonton alberta and uh wanted to go to school in the states that was the goal since i was like 12 or 13 and you know i i got the opportunity to uh go to a community college down in kansas and <laughs> I truly can. And, you know, I got the chance to go down there and, and experience, you know, what life is like in the States and um, fall in love with some of their food and then come back to Canada and not have it anymore. Dodge, Dodge City, isn't that like historic cowboy kind of area? Yeah, like Gunsmoke. Yeah. Yeah. So are you still much of a golfer? Yeah, you can be. When you when you live in Kelowna, you got to be able to play golf, right? So mm-hmm. that's, uh, yeah, I go up and play you know, a little bit here and there. I hit a lot of balls. It's um, it's a great place to play golf. It's it, it definitely um, compared to you know Edmonton where it's super flat. This this is a dream. You uh, you teaching Gord a few things then? <laughs> no, no, it's him him giving me little pointers here and there. <laughs> yeah, he's, we used to we used to have him on the show back in the day. He's a he's he's, he's a character that that Gord McGarva. Oh, he sure is. So. This uh, maybe maybe we'll get into the the rockets on the ice a little bit. Um, you know, I guess the kind of the first thing that's hurt him when I saw that you were you know putting up some some clips of, of Colton Dot coming back. I mean, how much how much is he is the straw that stirs the drink, and how much is it has it hurt the Rockets for for him to be out? 
Yeah, it's huge. He's, um, you know, he's expected to be a huge contributor this year for our team. Um, not only just scoring wise, but also leadership wise. Um, it's huge to get him back from Chicago, and um, it's, it's unfortunate that uh, he went he went down so quickly after coming back. But uh, he's he's made some really big strides. He's he's getting close, so it'll be it'll be massive when we have him back. And you know, um, guys like Andrew Crystal and Adam Kidd can kind of take a step back and and have that help there with them. I mean, you've been with the Rockets since 2018, and doing the job you do, I imagine you work quite closely with Bruce Hamilton, who not only is one of the, you know, deans of junior hockey, he's been around for a long time, he's had a ton of success, he's the chair of the board. Uh, how much have you taken advantage of being able to kind of sit at that learning tree? Yeah, you know, Bruce is Bruce is a phenomenal, phenomenal guy. It's It's a lot of fun to sit there and talk to him and hear about the Tacoma days. I was, I was born in 1992, right? So that's when that team was just launching. And, and I love hearing the stories about all that and, you know, hearing about the guys who have been through here and um, his experiences and so forth. And it's, it, he's a really, really cool guy to be around for sure. What do you think are some things about him in, in the time you've been able to observe anyway, that have made him, you know, one of those, people that has been able to make such a huge impact on you know I've witnessed him take care of his players you know when you get into those jams where 20 year olds are looking you know you've got too many 20s they try and find them a spot and he helps them find a spot and you know um, personally for myself during the pandemic um, not not just him but also the Hamilton family in general um, they kept me employed at a full salary throughout the entire pandemic and um, like you know, they send me home with leftovers. They're mostly back in Edmonton. I do have an aunt and uncle out here, but like that truly the Hamilton family, like Gavin and Bruce and Annie, uh, they all look out for me. Like I'm one of them. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really interesting. I mean, you know, he kind of, I feel like Bruce kind of gets a reputation for kind of being a hard ass, you know, and then, but you know, once you're, once you're in, you're, you're in kind of a thing. Yeah, no, they're, uh, they're great people. And, and, you know, I think uh, they're just really, really great people to be around. And, and sometimes, you know, the reputation precedes themselves, but they, they definitely take care of me. And, and, you know, I'm more than happy to say that, that they've, I've grown so much being out here working for them as a person. Like I, this is, this is my funny story for you. I didn't have my driver's license when I moved to Kelowna. Um, and I remember when I first got hired, um, you know, Gavin and Anne-Marie, so they're the business side. We went and sat down for dinner and they said, you know, like, when, when are you going to get your license? Because in Kelowna, there's no real transit compared to Edmonton. And I said, oh, you know, just let me, let me get through my first season. So it was like March. We were, we just missed the playoffs. That was the um, tiebreaker year with Kamloops. And so the first Thursday that we were done, they said, okay, so are you going to go take your learner's test? And so, yeah, I did. And, and you know, it was funny. Like, I texted everyone in the office, like, yeah, I passed my learners. I got my learners. And then, um, you know, a year later, I was supposed to take my test in March. But, unfortunately, the pandemic started. So, I had to wait until July. And so, I took the day off work. And, you know, everyone was, like, intently waiting for me to text them, you know, did I fail or pass my driver's test? And, you know, everybody's texting me, like, congratulations. Like, you passed. Like, way to go. Right? So, it's – it's um it's a phenomenal organization to work for and the people that are within it. Now you get to experience Kelowna traffic just like everybody else. <laughs> you know, I don't live in the lower mission though, thankfully. So, and I don't have to cross the bridge. I'm right downtown. It's perfect. 
Uh, Chris Millette uh, was with the team through quite a number of um, coaching changes and whatnot, and then he kind of finally got his opportunity to be the, the head coach. How do you feel like he's transitioned into that role after really getting to know the organization before? Yeah, you know, I think he's he's taken over, and, and he's a great coach for this level. It's it's interesting to sit there and watch their practices and, you know, how he works with every guy and how he talks to them and communicates with them. I think one of the biggest things is that Chris, you know, has a daughter who plays hockey, and she's a little bit younger than the guys that are playing for the Rockets, but, like, he understands how to communicate with those guys and talk to them, and, and I think he gets the most out of his players. He gets them to run through walls for him for sure. This league, like like a lot of things in, in, in life is kind of a, you know, been, been traditionally an old boys club and an old boys network. And, and, and to be honest, this show is, is, is part of the problem too, as far as, uh, you know, we, we haven't had a lot of, of, of women guests very, you know, very often, but it's kind of been hard to find people in our league, you know, in, in prominent roles to, to have on the show. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's been frustrating, but you know what's what's it been like for you? You know to to, to break into to, to this league and and what kind of what kind of challenges has, has it been? You know from a from a female perspective as far as like breaking breaking some norms a little bit. You know I don't really find that there's a lot of challenges based on my gender. Um, there's a lot of us out there. There's a lot of women in the league. You know there's Allison up at the league level in marketing. Um, there's Mary Gates in Tri-City. She's one of my very good friends, um, and we bounce ideas off of each other back and forth. She has a similar role to mine, if not the same. Um, you've got Dara out in, in uh, Victoria uh, and Lisa Hollenbach in, uh, in Portland, and they do very similar roles, right? So I think there's, there's a lot more women in the league. It's just not so, um, I guess, in terms of seeing them and hearing from them. Not, not as many in the hockey operations side necessarily a lot more um, in the the business the business end of things I would suggest from what I've seen yeah it's definitely it's definitely changing a little bit here you've got Dara there you've got Lisa you've got Olivia in uh, Swift I believe there so mm-hmm. it, it's definitely you know popping up a little bit more here in the last few years uh, I, I think that's definitely come a long way here from when I started in the league I know I mean just being around it, um, at the Junior A and the Western Hockey League level, I, I don't think people quite understand how all-encompassing being uh, part of a staff for a junior hockey team is, especially during the season. I mean, kind of give an idea of what your days, weeks are like, because it's not a nine-to-five job. You're not working 40 hours a week during, a, you know, when you've got three or four games and practices and trade deadline, et cetera. Yeah, for sure. So uh, everything, like 99% of the stuff that you see that comes out of the Rocket social media is usually me. Um, occasionally, there's there's one that pops up that's, you know, from the league and whatnot, that, that's their post. But, um, I mean, I write everything from, you know, the profiles on the players to the, uh, the game previews to the, you know, the recap to interviewing the post-game coach to you know, um, all the social media that you see and all the graphics that come out just based on like, you know, um, you know, meet the rockets and so forth and, and the TikToks. And, and then on game nights, I'm the person who does the starters and scratches. And, um, and then, yeah, like you said, the best, like when there's a trade that, that pops up and, and that's definitely not a nine to five thing. Some of those things happen, you know, at seven, 10 o'clock at night or earlier in the day. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a lot of hours during hockey season, but like, you know, 
in the summer it, it's definitely a lot more relaxed for somebody like yourself that you know has that creative bug i mean it in some it's it's obviously a lot of work but it's kind of unlimited opportunities to 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 try this or see if see if that works you know the you know the the the, the silly you know mi- miniature microphones with the with the flags that you have you know i mean like how like how you know much does it does it keep you up at night thinking about you know new new different things to try with uh with the social side yeah no totally it's uh it's a thing that's always going 24 7 you know regardless of if i'm swiping through my own social media or, or the rockets profiles and seeing what's out there and how can we apply that to us and what could we do um i think i'm really fortunate i actually worked for a marketing agency right before i was hired by the rockets um and so i, I had the opportunity to um be the voice of multiple different brands, whether it was, you know, um, a casino slash hotel or a restaurant and, and different industries, just learning the different tones and so forth. So it was um, almost a breath of fresh air to come into the Rockets and be just one brand and one brand only and, and have unlimited time to it. Because like you know, when, when you're at an agency, you get, you know, one hour per week and that's it. And well, maybe I want to do this or maybe I want to do that. But, you know, I'm really fortunate. Um, the uh the management here the rockets they kind of let me take the the reins and and venture out into left field sometimes sometimes it's very far deep into left field but um it's a lot of fun and i feel like the presence of the rockets on social it has grown quite a bit in the last few years on and social media is such an ever-evolving animal i remember when i was involved with the trail smoke eaters and the bchl in the late uh aughts i guess the, the the late early 2000s 2007 to 2010 it was a lot of blogs and websites, little bit of Twitter, some Facebook, and then Twitter became such a go-to thing in YouTube. And now, you know, I just saw, I read an article uh, in Kelowna now about the growth of your TikTok account. I mean, TikTok has become, through the pandemic, you know, the go-to social media force. It continues to evolve. You have so many different places you have to attack. I mean, first of all, kind of talk about how you guys exploded on TikTok in three months, up to fifteen thousand followers, and and just sort of trying to find the right balance of which social media to attack and when, when these trends continue to change, and you have to figure out where your audience is going to be. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, so the TikTok thing, it kind of was a New Year's resolution, a little bit of a challenge, I think. You know, I I, I thought it was going to be a lot more work than what it was going to be, um, and then I downloaded the app, and you know started posting things and I was like hey things are you know I think the best way of looking at it is when you look at Facebook and you look at Instagram those are really pay to play kind of places so if you post they want you to pay to boost your post to show that post to people um whereas like with TikTok you would post something and it would just take off like jet fuel and how did this post get you know 100,000 views like and so as a creator it was so rewarding to see your content do so well and not be held back because you're not paying to boost your posts right um so i think that was the big thing about tiktok and then eventually they changed their algorithms a little bit in about march so it has kind of restricted it a little bit it doesn't hit as many people as what it did but I mean, like I posted a video of Nolan Flamin during training camp where he smiles and he's missing his tooth and, and that had like a million views and you're like, you know, it's a seven second video and it took no real effort to post it. He just had to smile and I just had to chop the video up and put it to a song, right? Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I mean, I, at, uh, I am 
I am officially too old for TikTok. I just, I just, I just <laughs> haven't. So that's just, you know, I mean. But it's a funny thing. You're right. Because you'll see some people will put a ton of effort into their content and like produce it and do some huge stuff and it gets nowhere. And then, you know, you post a quick video of a smile and it's huge. Like the, the one video that I had that went like crazy on TikTok during the pandemic was me showing uh, the pictures that my kid had taken on her cell phone. You know, like you have no idea what's going to catch, but it makes it kind of a fun little guessing game, I guess, for, for people who are in your position to try to, you know, figure out the algorithm as it goes and changes. I think the biggest the biggest analogy for me is, is it's like it's like throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping it sticks, right? You don't really know what's going to work, and some days it does, and some days it doesn't. Um, but the one thing I will say is like I remember my first year with the Rockets, and I remember doing like cool little videos of them playing um, Guess Who, uh, and I had like three different camera angles. But then I had to import all of that video and sync all of that audio together, and then chop it up to make you know the two or three minute video. Um, whereas it's come so far, like you just download an app to your phone now and you can import all those little clips and you can, you know, sync them up and mute the audio and do this and import audio. And it's so much easier than what it was, you know, four or five years ago. No question. And, and just on that subject, I mean, there's one, you know, some people get really obsessed with social media metrics and saying, I have, a, you know, I have all these numbers, but ultimately for you guys, um, you need it to translate to, to financial investment in the team to getting more people through the door so you know is, is there a constantly evolving strategy of saying it's not just that i need a million people to see this because it doesn't really matter that much if someone in illinois or newfoundland sees it it's that i have to find a way to get through to the people that can spend money with the organization yeah i i think there's a couple different ways of looking at it i mean like for instance i went to school in kansas uh some days i didn't text my mom and she thought maybe that i was dead and gonna be on america's most wanted as a victim um and you know these guys their parents are texting me saying like hey you know um thank you so much for giving me you know a little glimpse into the into my child's life because uh, you know, you showed them today where they skated up and answered the question of the day. Whereas, you know, when I was in college, that wasn't a thing. So my mom didn't see that. Right. Um, but I, I, I think there's a couple of different ways of looking at it. I think for sure, you know, you're trying to hit the target audience here in Kelowna and, and get those people to come to the games. And then at the same time, you're, you're trying to grow your brand and, and show the guys, you know, in their um, personalities and the way they are, you know, what their suits they're wearing or, you know, answering the question of the day with their quirky little answers um, but yeah, you're ultimately, I mean, you're trying to get people to buy tickets, but if the guy in Newfoundland orders a Jersey, he orders a Jersey and you've got somebody walking around in Newfoundland with your Jersey. Well, or, or you talk about, you know, connecting with the, the player's parents, you're also connecting with the n next generation of players, parents of, you know, the, the, the guys that are, you know, uh, dr drafted at 14 that don't know if they're going to sign yet. The, the, the next draft after that. You know, you can establish that, hey, you know, Cologne is cool. Like, the Rockets are, you know, the Rockets are doing all this cool stuff. Like, that looks like fun. I, you know, they have, yeah, you, you mentioned personalities. You know, they're, 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 they look like they would be fun to play with. You know, like, you know, that, you know, that counts for it for as much as anything, right? For sure, yeah. How's it working with the players? Because you're going to get a real mix. And I've done, you know, I've done a million interviews with junior hockey players and you get, 
the the 16 year old who's a deer in the headlights then all of a sudden there's somebody who's just got it so do you do a lot of training with them or is it a matter of kind of going to the people that just sort of naturally fit that role what's your mentality in trying to work with them from a media standpoint yeah for sure it's the guys who are comfortable with it like you know if they want to answer the question of the day or not you know um sometimes i'll answer i'll ask the question and, and the guys are like nah i'm not interested in answering that one today and um i mean there's no real formal training the one thing that i will say is i found that the younger guys that are coming in those 16 17 year olds and even you know the guys who were 18 when they were 16 in that in that hub season there they're really chatty they're not as scared but they're really chatty and they're really well spoken and it's it's huge for somebody like me right um the, the other thing i was going to say too is so i remember my first season, well not my first season but pavel novak's first season with the rockets um he had really he was really good with his english when he got here actually i thought he was phenomenal um but he wanted to get better so every week we would just sit in the stands and you know we would just do like little mock interviews that i would never ever use for an you know for an article or anything so you know i'd ask him questions like where did you grow up and you know he'd say well what does grow up mean and then i realized oh that's slang right like he grew up right so i I thought that was really interesting that you know he was one of those players that really wanted to take advantage of it and get better and and truly he he has grown a lot from what he was when he was you know 17 in his first season with the rockets but he he was already really good when he got here you know we talk about it all the time that you know we're it's a developmental league and we're making these players into you know we're putting them in the AHL we're putting them in the, into the pros we're but we're also making firefighters and steam fitters and you know we're like we're trying to do, you know I mean the majority of these kids aren't going to play pro hockey and so we're trying to make them into you know to to, to grown-ups to you know contributors to society and you know, you don't think about, you know, the the person behind the TikToks trying to get, you know, hits on silly views, you know, but, you know, she's making an impact as well on on uh, on these players as far as, you know, beyond ice, beyond the ice and, you know, and in, 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 into life. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, it's just fun to see our league extend even down to, to, to you know, what, what you do as far as contributing. For sure, yeah. What are some of your goals? Uh, I mean, you've done this for four years. I guess, first of all, what, do you, what would you reflect on as some of your accomplishments with the organization and, and some of your goals of what, you, what you'd like to do with the communication and the social media as, again, things evolve so much in that department? You know, I, I never actually thought I was going to get a chance to work for in hockey in general. Uh, I went to school for radio broadcasting, and I could not get my foot in the door after I graduated, no matter where I tried to apply. I interned with the 630 Ched in between my two years, and, um, you know, radio was kind of a dying industry, and I was working at Starbucks, and I didn't really know what was going to happen and you know was I going to have to go back to school or pick a different route and that you know 2013 social media was really starting to take off and I was like you know I kind of just want to go the digital route and you know that's how I ended up on an uh, internship with the Rockets not as a student I just said hey I want to come get some experience and I just you know want to you know bolster my resume a little bit and they said oh yeah come on out here for a month and so that's kind of how I got my foot in the door and then you know, eventually I, I found my way back here in this role and like truly, you know, I you see those those motivational posts where it's like, you know, five years ago, you never thought you'd be here today. And I, I see those posts and I'm like, yeah, you know what, five years ago, I never thought I would be here today. 
Um, so yeah, I, I think it's it's really cool to reflect on that and see where I am now. And I'm really, really grateful for the opportunities that I've had and where I am right now. Um, and then, yeah, looking forward, I, I just want to keep growing the Rockets properties, social properties, and uh, just keep growing the brand and, you know, working with our players and giving them a platform and, you know, letting people see who the Rockets are, you know, just not on the ice chasing a puck, but, you know, answering a question about, you know, is, is a hot dog a sandwich? You know, as someone who was in radio for 20 years and now isn't, I can I understand where you're coming from uh, on the change of that industry. But they are one of your primary media partners yet, and, and there's quite a number of them in Kelowna. And how has that process been for you as someone who trained in media to be, you know, sort of the direct link between your media partners and the organization? Yeah, it's great. Um you know, it's it's a little bit different here compared to what I'm used to in Edmonton. You know, I'm used to having CTV and Global and City News, and there's not really, I mean, there's CHBC out here, Global, and, and they're great. They're great at covering the Rockets every week. Travis Lowe is awesome. And then, you know, you've got Castanet at our games there, Wayne Moore. He's been a fixture here for years. And and then, uh, you know, just being the, the go-to for everybody and making sure that everybody's, you know, connected. And, and I I think the partnership that we formed with Patterson Media in terms of, you know, the Lizard and Rocket Fan it's been huge for us. It's been awesome, you know, to have them here at the games and covering us in, in different ways that, you know, I haven't seen done before with our old media partner. Well, I know, I mean, Regan, having been a former Broncos broadcaster as well, though now long associated with the Rockets, uh, it was a big change for him as you guys changed radio partners, including um, the app that they put together. And, and that's got to be kind of an exciting new partnership to see a new media partner diving that in depth into your into your team yeah it's it's huge like it's uh it's nice to have a different attack of angle you know he's got different things going on that you know that i would typically wouldn't do he did you know the interview with shane our bus driver and it's huge compared to you know having that help there you know particularly when maybe you don't have the time because you're busy writing a game story or you're doing something else so to have that extra feed coming in is awesome well and the you know the thing is with terrestrial radio i mean you know it's there's a certain confines there i mean there's a certain amount of constrictions on you know again creating your own adventure you know we touched on it earlier that you know if you can if you can think of the idea you can basically you can execute it or at least take a, a shot at it and you know that's one of the things you know with uh with the rocket fan app that you know, I mean, essentially, you can you can write your own adventure, and or or in this, you know, in that case, Regan. But you know, it's it's kind of there's kind of no limits. You can just kind of invent the thing that you want to do, which you know is pretty pretty exciting to see like where these things are going to take us. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's been awesome to see Regan, you know, take that extra step and and do these things this year for the writing. You know, traditionally, like he hasn't always done, so it's been awesome to see him do that. Oh, and I don't know for anyone else who has heard Regan. I remember when I first met him, I thought, there's no way that voice is so deep. It can't be real. He's got to like put it on somehow. Then you meet him in person. It doesn't change. He could turn the mic on or off. That's the same voice, isn't it? It's oh, it's crazy. I know I photo him and he'll be like, hello. And I'll be like, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely one of the, one of the characters of our league for sure. I always, always wish I could get him on the show and it just has never worked out. So how has it been from uh, an off-the-ice perspective? I mean, you, saying, you'd mentioned that you, you were able to work 
full time during COVID, but it was a, a very strange time for live sports. I mean, dealing with all the um, the realities of how many fans you could have and where they can sit and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it, for you guys in particular, does the Memorial Cup not happening? How has the transition been in a a franchise that has been uniquely successful? Uh, how have you found it's been reengaging your fan base after you know almost two years off? Yeah, you know, I think I think people are excited, excited. for sure. Um, especially in terms of you know in BC here, things were a little bit tighter compared to say Alberta. Um, but you know, I, I think it's been um, it's been massive, right, to see you know fans back in the stands and being able to see these guys and make those connections again with these guys. Um, I know it's they're really excited to be able to get back in the community this year and and uh they're they're excited to make those connections as well it, it seems like most of most of the places uh across the league it's been kind of slow to get people back in the building it's just kind of you know but it's it's better by the game it seems like i mean is it has it been like that with the with the rockets as far as getting uh you know butts back in the seats yeah, I think traditionally, you know, here in Kelowna, you kind of get those slow starts out of the gate just because the weather's so good. Um, and like I said, it, it it truly felt like summer here until about, you know, a week and a half ago. It was like 22 and, and, you know, now it's starting to get colder. So I think people will be like, oh, yeah, you know, let's go to the rink, right? I mean, it, it's it's kind of the double-edged sword you have of, of having one of the nicest climates available in all the league it's great for a recruiting standpoint but yeah it's kind of hard to make people feel like hockey season sometimes when you might not even get a, a taste of snow if you do at all until closer to christmas yeah no for sure it's funny i was just laughing about that because i put my winter tires on here at the beginning of october and someone said well why do you put them on so early and i was like well you know it might snow around halloween and then i was like oh i think that's edmonton <laughs> that's <not laughs> yeah we already have snow here but <laughs> Kelowna, not so much. Well, I mean, yeah, I know for sure. I mean, well, you talk about Edmonton. I mean, you know that story about when Gretzky got traded to LA and looked at how steep his driveway was, and he's like, "Man, I don't know how I'm going to get up the thing in the winter time." <laughs> <laughs> One thing about Kelowna too is you guys have an an insane amount of uh, you know not only Rockets alumni but just general NHL current players and alumni living in that area um has it been fun to access that a little bit you know knowing how much they're available how much they're around or at games or you know at events in the summer things like that you know i think the thing here is like we just kind of let them be i think it's really interesting um you know especially because i live downtown so i'll see guys all the time walking around um and you know it's it's nice to see them be able to live their lives and not be, you know, asked for a photo left and right, like I'm sure Connor McDavid is in Edmonton. I, th- I think that's the biggest thing about Kelowna here. And an and unpleasant thing I wanted to ask about, um, you know, when the world stopped, you know, we were cruising right along towards the Memorial Cup, you know, and I'm sure that that you guys did a ton of work getting ready for this event that never happened, you know, aside from, you know, making trades and, and spending assets for, again, a tournament that did take place. I mean, how, I mean, what, how, how frustrating was that to, you know, have, have invested what you had invested, what the Rockets had invested, and then just to 
not get the payoff. Yeah, you know, I feel bad specifically for those players that didn't know it was going to be their last game in the WHL that night. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's unfortunate the way that it went down. Um, but I think, you know, at the, at the end of the day, you know, it, uh, it was the, the right thing to happen. You know, it will not happen, but it was the right move, you know, to cancel the season and whatnot with the way that everything was going with the world in terms of COVID. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I, I think the, the people that I feel the most bad for, for sure, are those players that didn't realize it was going to be their last game that night that we played Victoria. And, and furthermore, I just wanted to add, I, I feel like the Rockets, you know, a lot that year where, you know, people were saying, I don't think they're a contender and I don't think they're ready. But, you know, Nolan Foote was really close to making his comeback there. And those guys were really starting to gel with like Wedman and McDonald and, and all those guys and whatnot. And I, I felt like it was going to be great. You know, we were going to be able to take that on and, you know, be able to turn, you know, pick up the, the victory and hopefully show those naysayers that, you know, we did have the squad that we thought we were going to have. It looked like it was a, a team that was starting to develop. Absolutely. And some great moves that have been made towards that. Uh, you know, not that you'll have any say over this, but um, having been through the beginning stages of planning for an event like that, you know, how much would you welcome doing it again? Is it something that you'd love to be a part of? Uh, you, you know, should that come back to the Okanagan in the future? You know, I'm really fortunate. Like, I'm just, just the hockey side of it. So I didn't have to be um, anywhere with the Memorial Cup. They had their own committee. They had everybody there. So I fortunately wasn't a part of that. Um, so I wasn't, you know, in there for the day-to-day -day meetings and so forth. Um, but, you know, if we were awarded the Memorial Cup down, down the line, I, I would definitely embrace it. You know, it's, it's a journey. It's, it's, uh, it's, you know, a, a marathon, not a sprint, that's for sure, in terms of, you know, the bumps and, and, you know, you're seeing it right now with Kamloops, I think, for sure, where, you know, fans are making comments and, you know, it's very reminiscent of what I experienced managing the Rockets accounts that season. Yeah, I remember, I remember specifically having John Keane on this show and, you know, and he's like, well, they wanted it, they got it, now what are you going to do? <laughs> you know, and then now the tables are turned as far as, uh, as far as you know the, the cam loops but i mean that that had to but that had to be frustrating for you know on your end personally i mean you had to have you know it had to be exciting to have the opportunity to create all kinds of content with you know all of all of major junior focused on you know prospera place and 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 you know your your fine city there i mean that had to be you know an exciting opportunity that you know just didn't didn't pan out you know, the thing for me is I remember when the Rockets were awarded the Memorial Cup, I was still in Edmonton. I hadn't I hadn't actually been approached about um, taking over the Rockets job yet. So I remember sitting at my old job and, and watching the announcement with Taylor Roca and the CHL there. And uh, I remember, you know, throwing my fist up in the air going, yeah, and all my coworkers, because it was an open concept, being like, why are you so excited, right? Um, and then, you know, when I was offered the opportunity to come back here to Kelowna and take over this role, I remember being shown the uh, the pitch video that was used in that, uh, you know, that eventually won the Rockets the opportunity. And I got goosebumps. Like, I absolutely got goosebumps watching that. I was so excited to be a part of this and, and, and be here for that event. So, um, yeah, you know, it's 
it's unfortunate that we didn't have the opportunity to show everyone how awesome the Okanagan is and have, you know, all those fans here for that awesome travel experience and to be able to witness some really elite hockey. And Kelowna is known to be one of the destination team franchises in the Western Hockey League. And part of that has been the, the work that the team has done, certainly on, on the ice over the years in, in developing players. But, you know, just kind of summarizing that, uh, why do you think it's been such a draw for players and families that you do so well recruiting the guys you draft, that you're able to bring players in that were college commitments uh, or already in the pros that when they come back, they want to be there, like a Josh Morrissey or a Dreisaitl or people of that nature? What is it about Kelowna that you think makes, makes it such an attractive destination? You know, like I, I said, it's it's interesting. I grew up in Edmonton, um, and the Oilers were the the big thing in town. And um, you know, when I got to Kelowna, I kind of realized like, oh, these these guys are little rock stars here because there's nothing else here, right? Like, I I think that's part of it. They've got this huge, you know, platform to be able to play and not compete against having you know another big thing in town necessarily all the time here. Um, and, and the community, like just the way that the community comes out to see these guys and cheer them on and whatnot, like it's it's really, really cool to see. And it's it's cool to see them make those connections with those players, because like that's again, that's something that, you know, I didn't get the chance to do in Edmonton because obviously the Oilers were such a big deal. I remember being a part of their kids club and I remember being able to go to the open practices and get autographs. But it's not like I could stand out of the gate every game and say, hey, you know, like, hey, to my favorite player, whereas here you have that opportunity all the time. You know, you talk about uh, some video work, you know, that was in that, that pitch video, and, and I know you do a lot of that too, um, but mostly I was thinking about the other night when uh, when you were pulling double duty and, and shooting photos of, of the game at the same time when you're doing all of your other typical responsibilities i mean it had to be fun to uh you know have the opportunity to shoot photos but i mean how, how much how much work are we expected out of you you know during a during a game night page yeah you know I'm, i get to sit up in the press box and i get to kind of you know watch the game from up there and if i want to you know put some steps in and get around the rink i can hit the ice and you know film a little bit of the mini minor hockey or the intermission you know thing and and then you know if we win i'm really fortunate i get to you know go on the ice and get right into the crowd there with the guys and kind of get some content from that and whatnot but uh yeah typically i'm not between the benches that was quite an experience trying to tweet the game and shoot the photos of the game at the same time to tell the story but it, it i really enjoy having the chance to be able to do stuff like that and you know kind of expand that swiss army knife that you have to be in this role yeah, it's not really something that uh, that that you expect. You know, I mean, at, at at the at the next level, I mean, everybody's kind of compartmentalized, and you have, you know, more of a staff. And whereas, uh, <laughs> you don't know if if you don't do it, it's not going to get done. I mean, that's always you know a good a good motivator for uh, you know for for finding you know <laughs> new tasks to 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 chase down. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and like the the one thing that. I will say is in this role, um, I, I definitely take, I think it takes two to three seasons to get comfortable with it and, you know, kind of figure out, okay, this works, and this doesn't work. And okay, maybe I'm going to take this away this year, but add this. And, you know, like I have to laugh, my first WHL prospects draft, I was like, why are teams skipping? 
And then I learned later why teams skipped, right? But then my next draft, I was totally prepared. I knew what was happening in that time frame, right? But my first draft, it was, it was a mess. I had no idea what was happening half the time. And, you know, I'm in Kelowna and my bosses are in, in Red Deer at the time for that 2018 draft. So I'm following along online, right? It was, it, it's an experience and you definitely get sharper as time goes by. That being said, now that you've had this experience in hockey and this side of it the last five years or so, is that where you see your career evolving? I mean, not that you're looking past Kelowna necessarily, but is is being involved in hockey or in sports um, on the digital side that you're in, is that kind of what your ambition is going forward? Yeah, you know, um, I'm really, really happy to be here right now with the Rockets and you know, super thankful to be here in Kelowna and super thankful to be working in digital. And, you know, I'm, I'm the kind of person that doesn't try and plan out their life in black and white. Cause when you do that, things don't happen. It gets a little bit frustrating. So to be here right now in, in this role, I'm really happy to be here. Well, but I mean, everybody wants to make the NHL, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know for sure. Um, and, and like I said, I, I, you know, I'm really fortunate. I've had the experience of working for an agency um, and within sports and hockey. So there's, I mean, whatever's down the road next, there's lots of doors that I'm sure would be open for sure. Well, Paige, I think we've we've kept you for a little while. Um, you have uh, any other any other stories you want to throw out there? Any other any things you want to touch on about you know how we got to this point before uh, before we start to put a put a a bow on this episode? The one thing that I do want to say is, you know, in this league, you know, we're really fortunate to make these connections with, um, you know, people behind the scenes, like Mary Gates is one of my very good friends. And, you know, um, last year we made the trade for the Cheesies and the Mr. Good Bar. And, um, you know, we both knew that we didn't have trades going down on trade deadline day. So we, we kind of, you know, made the connection there and, and made that trade. So you'll see that, you know, when accounts start interacting with each other in that friendly nature, typically you notice that those people are probably friends behind the scenes. As you mentioned, you know, and having a, some level of experience with it myself, those people are really the ones who understand what you're doing, you know, and it becomes kind of like a family, even when you're on a different team. You know, I experienced, experienced it through broadcasters, but also the friends I had who worked for the organization's not just the one that I worked with, but the other ones. I mean, and you just see it. They're, they're the only ones who get the highs and lows and the, the type of work you do and what your schedule is like and what the experience is like. And it's amazing how you can make those you know, connections uh, and how those connections last for a long time. I mean, you know, I still talk to a lot of guys that I met, uh, a lot of guys and girls I met throughout that journey. And I don't think anyone else can understand the experience in a, in the way that the people who've lived it can, and I, I know you were you were saying before when we talked that some of your best friends have been made through this process too. Yeah, like one of my very best friends, um, her name is Jordan Musa. She used to do my job for the Niagara Ice Dogs, and the only reason why we became friends is because we were both on a training call for uh, the CHL app together. Um, so yeah, like some of my very, very best friends have worked across the Canadian Hockey League in very similar roles to mine. And it's, it's nice to have that where you can go and kind of, you know, talk to them and bounce things off of them that are going on with you and in your life because they'll understand it. Whereas, you know, saying it to my everyday friend or my, my parents, it, it just isn't the same. 
Yeah, no, I like that. I mean, we talk about it being a develop, developmental league, and I guess to kind of take it for granted, it's for you know also develop uh, developmental for for uh, for friendships and and uh, relationships is kind of you know nice to to be able to to tie that together too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Paige, we appreciate your time and kind of fighting through a, a rough line at times, but uh, you know, we'll let you get back to to having hopefully a little bit of relaxation before you know, starts all over again tomorrow with game day. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate you guys having me on today to chat. Thank you very much for taking the time. For sure. Thanks, Paige.